Just do drawing just while mama talks to all the people out there. Is that okay? Okay, we got a smile and a nod. Uh, this is what's happening today. Uh, my little friend didn't sleep while I normally try to record our intro to the podcast. So let's see how this goes. You'll probably find that I'm speaking uh, at a faster rate to try and get through this before she cracks it and hits play on the iPad as she sits right next to me in the office. So let's get this underway. Ooh, welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces today, folks. I am speaking with Imo Simo, that is Imogen Simmons. And uh, this one went on a bit of a tangent that I don't think either one of us expected, but I really enjoyed learning from her. Uh, Keep, just keep, don't press play yet, okay? Deal? Deal. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I thoroughly enjoyed my chat uh, with Imo Simo and feel free to use that nickname for her as well. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to quickly talk about before we get into that discussion is all of the cool things that seem to be happening. I mean, they're happening all of the time, uh, but I don't know if we're looking even harder for it or they're becoming more available. Uh, but it's just all the awesome stuff that women in sport are doing currently. Anywhere from I've got friends who work here in sports media here in Melbourne And they kicked off this um, initiative called, uh, oh gosh, Make Make the Call, which was uh, helping educate uh, women about how to get into sports broadcasting. And they're just doing such an awesome job. Uh, You need to check it out. Check out Change Our Game and the crew from the Outer Sanctum podcast. Just jump on their channels. I'll leave links in the descriptions below. It just makes me super proud to be um, surrounded by incredible women doing incredible things. Uh, The other thing uh, that I saw recently was this woman. And again, I can't even tell you what her name is, but she throws a gridiron ball into a basketball hoop. And I just think it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And she's just badass and she's just she's just doing her thing and proving all the naysayers wrong. And she's just cool as. Uh, and then finally, the other thing that pops into my mind was recently, and I just I think I actually posted on my own uh, social media account, not WhatsApp. I, I should probably go back and post it on WhatsApp as well, was watching how a diver... Um, trains and the different uh, tools that they use to get used to flipping in the air and landing in the water with such grace and style. Anyway, just some really awesome, cool things that keep popping up in my social media feed, stuff that I want to see that I need to see right now. Um, And if you don't know, we often share a lot of these uh, bits and pieces from around the globe in our WhatsApp newsletter called the WhatsApp Weekly Word. So make sure you subscribe to that so you don't miss out on all of the cool stuff that we talk about behind the scenes. So that's all I've got to say. Frankie's well and truly done and is ready to get back to watching Bluey uh, on her iPad. Are you ready to hit play again, Frankie? Okay, she's ready. Folks, enjoy my chat with Imo Simo. Good girl. Yeah. Very good girl. Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a Wits Up Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports Wits Up to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash Wits Up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wits Up. And I assume you know how to spell Wits Up. Uh, Okay, back to the podcast. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Let's just rock and roll. Could go anywhere. Be prepared. Let's go. I'm ready. (laughs) Imogen Simmons, there's a big part of me that just wants to call you Imo Simo. Is that okay? That is okay. Has anyone ever called you that? Um, yeah, actually I will tell you that my uncle who also lives in Australia calls me that. 
since I've no born. way yeah so there you are but well that's an it must be an Aussie thing it's definitely I, an Aussie it's, thing <laughs> <laughs> it's true we definitely love a nickname absolutely and shortening it a good abbreviation yep. but I'm sure you've got a word for abbreviation like a brevo or something Oh, I, d- I didn't until just now. <laughs> now you're going to think about it. <laughs> yeah. That was a very good one. <laughs> I mean, it's not your best work, but we're just warming up here. And, yeah. you know, hopefully you'll lift your game by the end of the session. <laughs> hopefully. A lot of pressure there, but yeah, hopefully. <laughs> now, for, for anyone who's listening who knows nothing about you, how would you sum yourself up? Um, uh, <laughs> okay, if you've heard nothing about me, I guess I'd have to start with, um, well, you're probably listening to this podcast because you have something, you know something about triathlon, and indeed I am a triathlete, um, so I'm a professional triathlete, <laughs> um, I race for Switzerland, um, but as you can hear, I'm actually originally British, born in Hong Kong, moved to Switzerland, Geneva when I was eight years old, so... There you are. Okay. Let's um let's unpack that for a second. Because so I remember talking to Emma Pallant, who is Swiss. Well, races for Switzerland. Emma? No, no, sorry, no, 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 sorry. Um Ellen. what did I say, Emma Pallant? No, no, no. Um oh my god, I've just gone blank. That's embarrassing because she writes for us. El- Emma Billum. <laughs> oh my god. Emma Billum. Um, it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, so she races for Switzerland, but has, well, a bit of a mix of an accent, but English. And it kind of threw me because I didn't know what to expect when I spoke to her at first. I, I knew what to expect with you, but you actually, you speak a lot of languages, right? Not really. I just, um, happen to have lived in various parts of the world and picked them up along the way. Um, so yeah, I was... Uh, in Hong Kong, I went to a Chinese international school. Um, so fun fact: at the age of like four or five, I think I could write better in Chinese than in English. <laughs> That's no longer the case. Oh wow! <laughs> Far oh. from the case. <laughs> uh, things have changed. I can get by in China, Mandarin now. Um, and then moved to. Geneva, learnt, went to, got thrown into a French school, speaking zero French, learnt French in six months, as you do when you're that age. And then, I don't really have a choice when no one else speaks English. And then yeah. went to, and then, I mean, I just like kind of picked a bit up here and there along the way, a bit of Spanish, but schoolgirl, Spanish. And um, I've been trying to improve my German, but it's not going very well. <laughs> So wait, English, you can speak a bit of Mandarin. Yeah, I can get by. Yeah. Yeah. I did French. a few races in in China before, a few of the 70.3s in China, and that was always good practice for my Mandarin. Yeah. I bet. But yeah. so I've said you speak a few languages and, and you're like, not really. I, I speak one language and I probably know a few swear words in other languages. So yeah. compared to me, you yeah, speak but in a Switzerland, lot of languages. I'll tell you, I've been, I was recently training with the, um, the Swiss Olympic squad, all the kids, and they all speak at least three languages fluently. Right. So, okay, so you're a massive disappointment. I'm a disappointment, Yeah. <laughs> So when you're trying to learn German, so in Switzerland, and I don't know why I ever go down this line of questioning because I just embarrass myself, but I only really know much because of Caroline Steffen. So she's Swiss German. Yeah. You would be classified as living in the Swiss French area? Yeah, I live like 3K from France. Ah, okay. So is that down near the lake? I'm not personally no. by the lake, but yeah, around Lake Geneva. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, I'm, I don't live on the lake, but. <laughs> you don't live in a boat? Oh, that would be cool, but no. Wouldn't, wouldn't be it? good for a turbo trainer. So I thought about it. I don't it know. I mean, it, no. it could be if it's a big boat. They're not big or enough. Or a ferry. 
Ah, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah, boathouse or something. <laughs> Why not? Get onto it. <laughs> Running. Might, oh, you can get a treadmill as well. Uh, who knows? You could do anything. Oh, People shit. do a lot of crazy things during COVID. I could <laughs> live on a yacht. You're right. <laughs> yes. And from what I understand, professional triathletes, particularly female pro- professional triathletes, earn a lot of money so you can afford a yacht. No? Is that sarcastic or? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Also in Australia, we not only like nicknames, but we love sarcasm. Glad I could pick up on it. <laughs> okay. So you were born in the UK. No. Hong moved Kong. to Hong. Sorry. Born in Hong Kong. Yeah. M- moved. Did you ever live in the UK? I studied there. Okay. So your parents are British, is yes. this right? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> Are you sure they're not Australian? Because your uncle lives in Australia. Yeah, he's right? I think he's Australian. <laughs> no. <laughs> His kids are. Okay. <laughs> but no, my my parents aren't. Okay. So your parents are originally from the UK. Yeah. What took them to Hong Kong? Work. Okay, would you like to tell me a bit more about that or is it top secret? I wish I could say yes, but it's not. <laughs> that would be much more cool. Spies. They were definitely no, just, spies. Just a normal uh, working in the city job offer in Hong Kong, one of the other financial centres of the world from London, so I moved there. Right. Yeah. And do you happen to go back at all or yeah, that yeah. part of your um, life is done? Yeah, no, my brother still lives there, actually, so he moved back there afterwards. Ah, And um, I was there just before this whole COVID broke down, uh, broke out. So I was there last year in February for a bit. And, yeah, yeah, I've still got got friends there, still got some of my, yeah, my best friends from kindergarten (laughs) who I still keep in touch with so yeah I still go back there it's it's quite a cool place actually it's super underestimated everyone thinks it's just this like huge city but actually there's like islands which are just perfect temperature for most of the year a bit too hot in the summer but it's it's honestly it was an awesome place to grow up and it's no doubt why I like we, we were such an active family when I was a kid oh really yeah, you, you put that down to living in Hong Kong. Yeah, like we used to go hiking and camping every single weekend. Oh wow! And I spent. Yeah, I don't think people would. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, like we spent like every single complex. You well, not every single, but expat life has like a swimming pool, and so I used to spend every single evening, an hour and a bit in in the pool, just playing around my my friends and stuff and other kids oh. in the complex so yeah it's just like a super outdoors life yeah right mm. interesting yeah I don't think people would I think you're right in saying that people wouldn't necessarily think that about Hong Kong you just think high rises in a, in a busy yeah. city life I mean there is that and like that is one side mm. of it but obviously mm. depends on yeah n- n- who's bringing you up as well and like what their priorities yeah. are and let's just say we weren't we don't I don't think we had tv <laughs> yeah right far out I, I went to hong kong when oh it was such a long time ago but my my boyfriend at the time got a job there in it i don't know one of those things so i went to visit and day one i i cooked some toast in the hotel and it set off the smoke alarm so that was my introduction to hong kong I think that's less about Hong Kong, more about your cooking abilities. (laughs) That is a fact. (laughs) But then, so that was my my introduction, well, Hong Kong's introduction to me. And then the next day, I I went out for a walk and I wanted to go and buy some Nike shoes. And everyone laughed at me because I'm quite tall and have massive feet. And they were all like, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, order online. But you're quite you're yeah you're quite tall, aren't you? Yeah, but I have like very average sized feet, strangely enough. Ah, oh, no how do you Phelps. not fall Maybe that's why you're clumsy. I thought you were gonna say maybe that's feet. why you're slow at swimming. I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll put it down to that. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, don't I can interject. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those uh, tuning in, just before we went, uh, we hit record. Um, Imo Simo was struggling drinking and not spilling. <laughs> it's a brand new skill that she's learning. Every day is a new day, guys. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's go back to parents being active. Um, sounds like your whole family was active. Is that how you got into triathlon through your parents in Hong Kong? Like, when did that all sort of come together? Um, honestly, when I was a kid, I did a lot of sport. I was always just, I think, not ADHD, but I was very active. Um, two brothers, mm-hmm. so we were just running around a lot and um swam competitively from when I was like six um and then carried on swimming uh competitively until I was 12 in Geneva doing the Swiss championships and then I went mm-hmm. to boarding school and I stopped like doing a, a specific sport and it went much more into general sports so I played a lot of team sports I played netball, hockey, lacrosse, football, kind of you name it, I was thrown into it. And yeah, yeah, my dad does do triathlon, um, but Ah. I refuse to do it because he did it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, wait, I'm just writing notes. Stop it. I'm pretty sure he's aware of that. Um, But then when I I hit 21, I was actually, I was back in Hong Kong working. And yeah. um, on a summer internship, and I still studying at the time, and I was like, got super um, like antsy feet, and you know, long work day, so I started running again. And um, after kind of giving up through university, I was playing a lot of team sports, and um, my other sport was partying, which I took very seriously, and um, <laughs> I was very good at that. And, <laughs> And then I, um, yeah, I started running. And then when I got back to university for starting my last year of my bachelor's, I carried on running, joined the cross-country team. And then a couple of girls were like, oh, we're doing a duathlon. Why don't we, why don't you do it? And I was like, oh, I don't actually have a bike. Um, mm. And the club at uni sorted me out with a bike. And I got on this bike, which was so big for me. I was like a spider all over it. And um <laughs> And then three months later, I got my own road bike for my birthday. And yeah. <laughs> That's it. Everything that's followed has followed. <laughs> wow. What kind of party were you? Were you like a, a dancer? Up oh, yeah. Dancing? I, could up, I could hit up the D floor. Yeah. D- I don't know. It's just like very. <laughs> a, a lot of big nights, let's put it that way. Do you miss them? Yeah. Oh, you still do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to with COVID. (laughs) Honestly, there's been limitations to my, um, to, yeah, being able to express myself through dance moves. I need to know, I need to know if you've got a signature dance move. I do not. Um, (laughs) I just, I just let the, the music carry me. Yeah. The rhythm. Who is it? Uh, was it Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson who sang "The Rhythm's Gonna Get You"? Which one? I couldn't you, uh, tell you, but it gets me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's factual. <laughs> it's truth. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, I we I've got a two and a half year old, and we pretty much go to the coffee shop every morning, either on the way to daycare or whatever. She walks in and it is a dance session for five minutes while we wait for coffee. And she gets everyone up dancing because she's just there cutting a rug. And it's awesome. It just reminds me how much I love dancing. It's, it's That's that's impressive. And yeah, it's true. It's, it's so refreshing. And it's refreshing for everyone yeah. in that coffee shop who is probably just like dreading their day. And there she is exactly. just showing them how little it really matters. Yeah, I don't know where the pointing because I'm not a finger pointer when I dance. I'm it's quite aggressive. I, I, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> She's very aggressive. She actually is quite aggressive. Yeah, that's, that's got to come from her, her. dance side. Yeah, now, yeah. Well, she. Yep. I I could tell you some stories, but it's not about me and Frankie. It's more about you. What I want to know, 
Two brothers, yeah? Yeah. Where do you sit in the lineup? I'm sandwich child. Me too. I've got brothers too. There you go. How do you think that affected you growing up? Oh, big time. <laughs> in a negative way? <laughs> in a very positive way. <laughs> negative for them, positive for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, what was the relationship with the brothers? Um, I'm very competitive, so I was always, like, quite competitive. But I don't really feel like I was super – like, I always wanted to be – to do what my older brother was doing. I always wanted to, like, mm-hmm. if he was walking, I was walking. So I could walk, like... And, and like, half a step ahead of him? Yeah, like, I was like annoying. I, I must have been very mm-hmm. annoying. Um, like, I could <laughs> swim when I was really young, like... I think I, I could swim when I... Like, without um floaties when I was, like, less than a year old. Oh, my was, God. Yeah, it was quite weird. Um... <laughs> Yep, okay, weird. Yeah, but just because you're trying to keep up and you want to be part of it. But yeah, my mum was like, people would look at her, like she was freaking nuts, letting me jump around in the pool, like sauntering up to the side of the pool with our armbands on. She'd be like, the other parents would be like, you must put bands on. And she's like, she doesn't need them. (laughs) Wow. How much older is your brother? We're all two years apart. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and then my younger brothers—he's much more laid back. So, yeah, he was always a bit of the well, ironically, the baby of the family, even though he's now like close to two meters tall. And um, oh wow. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not from nothing that I'm quite tall. Um, for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so he just kind of follows you. We get on really well. So I still live with him actually. So yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh, that's Mainly great. Mainly because we still live at home, but yeah. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. I love that. On your, on your houseboat, you all live on a houseboat. On our yacht? Yeah, sorry. No, no just to clarify, sorry. it's not. It's a normal house. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so they were they were into sport or um, are no, still into sport? No, they're both still or? like pretty active. To be honest, my brother's, my younger brother's meant to be doing 70.3 Rappersville um in june well he was meant to do it last year but it got cancelled postponed so we'll see if he does it but yeah like everyone's just kind of generally active and does stuff he rose he actually rode to a quite high like pretty high level until he realized that 5 a.m's weren't for him was he a partier too runs in the jeans yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) height partying sport got it no there are worse things. <laughs> Everything in moderation. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sums me up and I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not sure I'm a great role model, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm buying Frankie seems selling. to be doing well. She's getting a whole cafe up on their feet, so. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hates a crowd, much like me. Um, I, study, what were you, was it, um, I want to say geology, but I might be wrong. Um, no, you're not wrong. So I did my bachelor's in geology and then I did a master's of science in environmental technology and business. Um, yeah. Okay. All, All in right. London. You need... Yeah. Oh, okay. So you need to explain that a little bit more. What What does that actually entail and what what's at the end of that? What do, what do you hope to achieve or what do you hope to be outside of being a professional triathlete? Yeah, so I did geology thinking I'd go into that kind of... <laughs> Um, make some money kind of thing um, and then I realized is there a lot of money in geology uh, oil and gas yeah is a fair amount oh, like when you okay. go to journal, yeah, yeah it's quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> maybe less so in the future hopefully less so in the future and then towards yeah. the end of my degree I kind of realized that it that didn't interest me um, and I didn't like the idea of just destroying the earth and I started doing all the options which were more environmental focused so I did all right. those and then um, started looking around because I felt like super unfulfilled in the, sen- in the sense that I'd spent three years studying a topic which I didn't really believe in or like I believe, you know, obviously it exists, but 
it's not something I wanted to put my heart and soul into. And um, at the time, I hadn't even started triathlon. And so I was researching different options for environment. And I stayed on at Imperial College London, same university, to do my master's because they had a really good course in environmental yeah. technology and business. Um, so that was like kind of spent six months doing quite an all round broad um, broad subjects um we focus on environment including like law policy all of this kind of stuff and then to uh yeah six another six months in more specific like business business philosophy um so it was all very interesting and I was hoping to go into kind of environmental consultancy actually I'd like applied to quite a few jobs um and then That summer I did, uh, as an age grouper, very much an age grouper, I did mm-hmm. um, <laughs> 70 point, I, that was my first year of doing 70.3 and I did the world champs and then I was like, you know what, like I've kind of gone, I'd gone straight through school, straight through university, done two degrees and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a year out and do some triathlon and see where it takes All me. Right. And then um, at the end of the year was, at the end of that 12 months was um, Malulaba. Australia. So I was in <laughs> your land and yes. um, loved it. Did uh, won my age group and um, ended up managing to get my pro license from that. Uh, and then was like, okay then, <laughs> I guess it's here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. So what year was that? Sorry. Oh, world champs in Malulaba. Yeah. Ah, so twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to backtrack. First question. <laughs> um, no, so studying geology, obviously, you came to the conclusion that that wasn't what you're passionate about. It's not what you you wanted to do. Based on a lot of the things you were learning, were destroying the earth. Yeah. It, that's a yeah. Do Do you think you would have come to that conclusion and sort of gone down the um the environmentally friendly route and you know being concerned about the earth if you hadn't done that study prior um probably not to the extent that I was but it's really quite when you've seen those videos and you learn everything that you learn and also like obviously in geology yeah you learn about that but you also learn about the formation of the earth and you realize like how incredible it is and how incredible all the mountains Mm. are and we spent like six weeks down in the south of France mapping this gorgeous region and they're like, oh yeah, and it might all be dug up soon because um, <laughs> there might be valuable, there might be, uh, yeah, valuable stones there. And so we were like, oh, okay. And I think that kind of was like, Shit. yeah, it was a bit, I mean, it's just so depressing when you realise that. Yeah. And you're like, wow, there's so much more to it than just that. And yeah. so, yeah, I guess I kind of realised it was more to... Um, energy and energy requirements than just taking what we need yeah excuse my ignorance but what do you mean by mapping that area (laughs) so (laughs) a big part of geology is basically um i mean we we could talk for hours i could tell you about this for hours i could show you all my log books it's I was really good at drawing, it turns out. But basically, you just go to a region and you look at all the rock outcrops that have been in place, not like boulders that have just fallen. So you have to like be able to distinguish that from like outcrops that are just there. You map them, you like look at the beds, you map the angle of the beds and you assess what's and you analyze what's inside the rock and you look at the like the grain, the if there are fossils, all this kind of stuff. And you compare it and then you see how all the different outcrops in the area fit together. Um, so you might see um, the same outcrop in one place and then you might go drive like 5k away and see exactly the same rock. And you'll be like, okay, so this was linked somehow. But there's none of it in between. How is this formed? And then you realise there's like the whole earth has just been bent and curved and then everything there has just eroded away or something. Wow. Yeah, and so you have to work so, out how it all like links together and then you have to backtrack and try and figure out how what occurred when and what sequence. And there are like sm- small clues like the different ways rocks might fault and then different rocks will sh- exhibit different features and stuff. So 
I mean, it sounds basic, but I was, I, I've been cycling with a few people in the Alps and been like, look at that. I think I was with, I was cycling with Patrick Lager once and I started telling him about this formation of a specific type of basin and he was like, cool story. <laughs> <laughs> You you need to catch up with the likes of um, Heather Wattell and Josh Amberger who um, who are they're into trees. I'm not sure how, oh. how they feel about rocks, but uh, <laughs> trees they enjoy. And I'm sure we'd appreciate I each other's know. knowledge. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, but it's I mean it's I've never met a geologist or someone who's studied it. So to me, it's quite interesting, and I I think obviously you not take it for granted but it's just something that you study and know but to someone like this guy I, I'd have yeah, no idea honestly, how you so come cool. to those conclusions it's so cool mm. and like that side of it was really cool and a part of it like structural geology that I absolutely adored it's mm. like puzzle solving I love puzzles um yeah, and cool. I love that Me too. but then you get into the other side that it's like okay so so you have all that and then it's like okay so what can we get from that like how can we draw valuable materials is there going to be um if there's a fault is there going to be like that's high pressure is there going to be like um expensive uh stones in there it could be like oil and gas and yeah mm. so it's then putting that into how you can use it that i don't really like yeah 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 whereas i guess these days it's more about how can we maintain money. um <laughs> Oh, but yeah, now I'm about, like, how can we protect it? <laughs> yeah, what's what's the most, um, I guess, with the topic of cl- climate change and your level of knowledge of it is, you know, a thousand times better than mine, but w- what's, what's the most surprising thing that you've learnt over the last years about, last few years, about climate change and about what's actually happening to the world, the earth? Oh. We got pretty deep pretty quickly, hey? Yeah, I mean, we could get deep because, I mean, I think we're pretty screwed. Um, I've just come back yeah, from right. Dubai and it's not lifting to see, like, how... Yeah. It's not even just... It's not even ignorance. It's like, I think everyone's aware of it. It's just so hard to change your habits. Um, mm. Yeah, and you're like, oh, one thing won't... Like, if I do it, won't make a difference. And that's mm. not true because if you do it, then you might impact someone else doing it and they might impact... And it's just that like chain domino effect um yeah but yeah i'm i've been told i need to watch this new documentary on netflix called sea spiracy and i have to say i'm a bit nervous to do so because i think it's gonna be extremely depressing um yeah but yeah i think one thing that um i've been thinking about more is like plastics and plastic usage uh, especially as i said in dubai like everyone just drinks that because you can't drink the water from the tap which you take for granted mm. here and so everyone's drinking bottled water all the time and and then someone was and then as in this gym and they had water bottles but like seriously small water bottles like 200 milliliters like this is ridiculous this is like you need to use three of these or four of these to fill up a water bottle and i was like yeah but you know people right. don't want to have to walk around with bottles so if it's this size they can just drink it throw it away and then take a new one after i mean oh my God. yeah yeah we're fucked yeah and when you when you kind of see that side of life and you're just like and is there a water fountain i can fill my water bottle up from and they're like yeah. oh no like, seriously oh, so i shit. like you have to do it you you don't even have you know what's the option drive drive around with like five liters of water in your car which is just gonna sit in the car and get seriously hot and gross mm. shit yeah anyways yep, that's a little bit depressing okay well so let me ask you this, because because I agree, we one person making one small change multiplied by millions and billions of people can actually make a change. So let's just talk about the triathlon world. How how can the people within the triathlon world or triathlon specific um, things that we do, what what can we change that will um, be a little bit more um, or help the world to be a little bit more sustainable? I'm just trying to think about you know races and yeah the build of races and th- things like that. What how can we improve that? Uh, I I I think there's uh, there are so many ways we can improve it. Uh, I mean, firstly, like yeah. water bottles, um, it's absolutely mm. ridiculous the amount people get through. 
um, the amount of plastic that everything's packaged in and just trying to, I mean, that's an obvious one, but in, in some areas you might not even be aware of it. Like in Australia, I'm sure they're mm. a lot more aware of it than in some parts of the world, but there's just like a lack of awareness. Mm. Um, I'd also say like in, in races, um, the amount, yeah, of, I don't know, there must be a system that we could use to decrease the amount of, firstly, like, freebies, I think is absolutely unnecessary. I mean, it's cool, but, like, people don't use half of them, and then you just, like, have wasted just so much product, and mm. it's a bit unnecessary. Um, You know, there's the carrot and stick approach, like, incentivizing people away from it, and also just being like, actually, you just don't need it, so no. Mm. Um. I think that I like the non-littering rules, but then, you know, I, you you go out and the people who are riding with referees next to them aren't going to litter, but you finish the race and you look around and there are gels all over the place. And, mm. yeah, I just think people need to become a bit more conscientious about it all, um, which mm. is easy to say, but then at, at the moment when it's just easy to throw away, you just, like... You know, I've actually run from, in Dubai, I was running from aid station to aid station. They gave us these little water bottles, of course, and um, <laughs> they love them. And I was running from Mad aid, for a small bottle. And I love it over there. And I was running from aid station to aid station, and um, I was carrying them with me the whole way, because I was like, yeah, I'll throw them... To- when I get there and then I was yeah. on my last loop I was running around and people were just chucking them on the side onto the beach and I was like are you guys serious like onto the beach i like these things weigh nothing it's not going to make a difference to you just mm. run and throw it where it's going to be collected properly I also think that we mm. need to think more about um where we locate the races I mean obviously mm. Kona is an awesome place uh, you've been there I've, I've had the I've been fortunate enough to go there once um, but mm. it's an absolute gem of a spot of the world. And it's ridiculous that we all go out there, fly out there, which is so far. Like, it's I, there's, it's not the most environmentally friendly place for everyone to fly out to. There must be a more centralised location. Obviously, the world's the world, so that's ridiculous to say. Mm. But there must be a place which is close to where most people are travelling from and have the bigger races there. So, you know, the 70.3 World Champs, which is meant to be in New Zealand, yeah, sure. It's gonna. It would be an amazing race, but is that the most friendly thing to do to fly everyone around the world for a seventy point three event? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. But, do Do you yeah. think with with the pandemic and obviously a lot of flights being grounded for a long time, that that would have made a significant change over that? Let's just say over that twelve month period. In terms of. Just, I guess in terms of um, uh, fuel emissions and, you know, cutting that down and the, yeah, impact, the positive sure. impact that would have on the environment? Yeah, for sure. But then, I mean, you look at what's happened over here. As soon as it was announced that the UK was opening back up in the summer and the EasyJet share price just jumped up because everyone was booking holidays, like mm. maybe it will, but it's going to – it, it's, it's not like people's mentality I don't think it's been enough people's mentalities to, to and yeah importance of it all mm. to to really have been altered yeah one of my friends did a I bet this is not what you thought you'd be talking about I didn't know <laughs> if we'd be talking about it either <laughs> but I'm actually quite interested um and and I guess the reason being is I did notice that you'd written I think it may have even been on your website that um environmental and sustainable living is one of your sort of ethoses um and not that long ago one of my friends had done a i think it was a plastic free month and she she came up with a tip every single day on how to actually change yeah and i i i I picked up on because i didn't see it every day when she did it but i picked up on a few different things even from the simple you know um get metal straws at home as opposed Mm -hmm. to using plastic straws all the time um, one of the big changes we made quite a while ago was we drink a lot of soda water, mineral water, and found that our recycling bin was just full of plastic mineral um, uh, mineral water bottles. Yeah, so we ended up getting a soda stream. stream. 
yeah, which, and this is not a plug, but if SodaStream wants to become an advertiser on the What's Up podcast, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> SodaStream? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, me too. But, yeah, yeah. Advise, so overrated. <laughs> but, but it's true. And there are other things, like, as I mentioned like the easy share price but you can also like go into you know a lot of people have been putting money away investing things recently and I think you've got to consider what you're investing in and like does it does it is it supporting growth in the right direction um mm. like is it you know, is investing in EasyJet, okay, great, there's some money you'll be able to make mm. there, but is it gonna be um a green future? I don't think so. <laughs> mm, mm, so yeah, just looking yeah. at looking at maybe green more green energy funds. Um, so I'm about to put some money into my my sponsor actually, Het, which is a solar energy. So I'm gonna put some money in that just because oh. it's something I believe in, and I think that that's where we need to be building and developing, and not airplanes flying across the world. Which my brother will hate me for saying because he works in aviation. But there you are. Oh, <laughs> it's Christmas time fun, fun oh, yeah. dinner conversations over the <laughs> over the turkey. <laughs> so let me ask you this, and then we will move on. Um, you know, when you book a flight and it says tick this box and pay a certain amount of money for the carbon fuel emissions offset, is it a yeah. load of shit? I'm dubious about it. it. Yeah. So I, I. I'm yet to see anything come of it, if I'm honest. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. anyone, please. Um, and show, show, show me yeah. research because I would love to see it, read it. But I'm yeah. dubious about it. And I think there's, for me personally, I'd, I'd put that money in something a bit more direct and something that I trust a bit more than yep. EasyJet. <laughs> Easy Claiming to be green. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I know how strict they are in their baggage policy, and I hate it. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, okay, sorry, we went down a uh, a rabbit hole, but I can safely say that we have never had that kind of discussion on the Wits Up podcast before, and oh, I yeah. liked it. So First thank time you. For everything. Exactly. I enjoy the education. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's let. I did say to you we don't talk too much about triathlon, but I am interested because um, in the grand scheme of things, you're still relatively new to the professional game in in triathlon. That's fair to say, right? Well, I think so. But then I think about it and I'm like, oh, I'm quite old. And then a year goes by and we haven't been able to race. And I'm like, oh, I just got a year added to my career without being able to do anything with it. Because <laughs> well, does that mean are you, you're the current – 70.3 world champ third place sec th- I'm trying what's the best way to say second runner up third placer cuz third place getter yeah third I've, I've held like on to that position for a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah. you take it really well two years in so a row can, <laughs> exactly that's what you can put on your cv on the website <laughs> just expand it claim but yeah but it's fact you, you haven't been challenged for that position yet. Yeah, I think that's the point, is that no one's been able to challenge me. <laughs> the history books won't know that. They No one will know that. Yeah, well. um, But you kind of shot onto the scene. Oh, no, sorry, I shouldn't say shot at the scene because I had this discussion earlier today about um, saying no one, no professional athlete um, – was an overnight success there's obviously yeah I think of- I completely agree with that like a lot of people are like where mm. have they come from but actually they've just been burrowing away somewhere and doing mm. their stuff on a maybe a more local scale and, and just getting where they need to be and then have been like okay now I think it's ready to put myself to the test and gone and done that yeah yeah um there are a couple of close exceptions but again but it's probably just because I haven't looked into the finer details of their background in a yeah. creepy way. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> the internet can be a very creepy place. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> Concerning. Um, so, so speaking of that, I guess, uh, tra- traje- trajectory, 
yeah. Do, do you feel like you were that person that was chipping away over time and then finally sort of it came to you that, yes, this is definitely a career that I want to Yeah, for explore. sure. But know, in a, yeah. yeah, I'd say like I did come, I did start late, as I said, like I did start mm. the whole thing. I literally didn't ride a road bike. I didn't have a road bike until I was 21 years old. Like that's pretty late yeah. for a triathlete. A lot of the long course have come up and moved over to from short course to long course, which is why like my swim has been always just a bit like uh, on edge because I haven't got that those years and years of black line swimming um yeah practice I just haven't got that in me and that's always going to be a disadvantage so it's always been a playing a bit of catch up and trying to smoothen out my weaknesses enough for it not to severely impact results and I managed mm. to get away with it um so that's how I kind of put it to be honest but yeah, yeah I mean like I I was in I was it did like two yeah I did a, a couple of years basically full-on training out in Thailand before I really started hitting the pro circuit um yeah in that time I did break my collarbone which is why I delayed my kind of start to the pro circuit anyways um yeah. but yeah other than that sure I've I I can't pretend like I haven't put in a few hours here and there. Yeah. <laughs> here and there. Post partying, few hours yeah. here and there. Yeah. Professional I think athlete. I, you know, I got that out of my system and now it's time to focus. Yeah. And I think I've been pretty yeah. good at it. So so one day I'd like to see you and Nikki Bartlett re re um redo the partying scene. She's told me that she used to be a big partier back in the day. So one day maybe, maybe closer to retirement. We can see who's the biggest party party player. Why close to retirement? Why not now? Great question. <laughs> that was a stupid <laughs> suggestion, and you're right. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> um, but but at what point? So you're you're in Thailand um, as an as an age grouper, but sort of committing to really getting stuck into triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, it looked like you're almost like, what is she talking about? No, I'm agreeing. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there someone who gave you the confidence to make the leap or was it something that you that you sort of internally came to that uh, decision yourself? To become pro? Um, hmm. I'd say I actually, like, I was racing a lot in Southeast Asia and... Um, I was finishing amongst the pro woman, but not being able to touch any prize money because I was an age grouper. And I was like, well, this is a bit silly. And so, yeah, that was <laughs> that was one of my main reasons, actually. Um, cool. Just because it was, yeah, more, um, yeah, sustainable financially to race pro and have a few of costs covered than to pay for everything and not even have a chance of touching any prize money. And, and also, who, who was, I wanted to race the best. Like it was boring racing where I was because, you know, disrespect to anyone. But I was a full. I was training full time, and I was at mm. the level to be, not necessarily winning, but like to be in the mix. And so yeah, it was just an incentive to push myself a bit harder. I like it. Who were the first couple of pros that you that you came across and? Who maybe helped you, or you know, help help guide you, or or didn't help guide you? Throw some <laughs> throw some names under the bus is what um, I'm saying. Well, in Thailand, <laughs> as you're, I'm sure you're aware, quite a few pros have been out training in Thailand. Um, so mm. Emma Pan is someone I met pretty early on. She was doing the Laguna Phuket Triathlon and nailing it. And then there's also Amelia was out there for quite a while whilst out there was out there mm. with Polizzi, and um, so it was really cool to get to know them a bit. And then, yeah, there are people who would always come back, like Rudy Wild from the, from Switzerland, who obviously had a Swiss connection, so talked to him mm. quite a bit, and Mikey Rayler, um, and just saw kind of their lifestyles and how they kind of managed their lives and was like, this looks kind of fun. Um, I could do this for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And everyone was super accommodating and, and, and open to, yeah, I mean, to help you I, get into it. You know, Phuket is... Thailand's like laid back life um mm. summed up in one and so yeah everyone's yeah. having coffees and training here and there together and there's only really one or two pools so yeah you kind of cross paths yeah. quite a lot yeah and yeah meet and 
yeah, now I see them in crazy places around the world. Like Rudy was in in Dubai, and I was like, oh hey. <laughs> so it's so it's really nice. It's really cool. Does it does it surprise you how well you have done as a as a relatively new pro? And and I guess I mean we're talking about your debut in Ironman Frankfurt debut. Sorry, over the Iron Distance, you did exceptionally well there. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I did like I did finish second, which is pretty cool. I guess I got a stroke of luck with my Kona qualification, but I mean, you take what you get, right? Um, yeah. What What do you then, mean stroke of luck? Well, for me, not for poor Sarah who passed yeah. out eight hundred meters from the yeah. finish line. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's forty two point two k, not forty one k, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm still very nervous about having to race her again because I have no doubt she's going to be on fire. Um, and then, and then, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really, when I think about it, I'm like, it's kind of crazy that I did manage to finish there. And then, but I've also been, you know, Nice was kind of worked in my favor in, te- in the sense that it was a hilly course and I've mm. got the opportunity to ride quite a lot in the mountains. So I was kind of ready for that. Whereas maybe other people weren't. And yeah, I guess, I don't know. Is it luck? Is it hard work? Maybe it's a combination of both. But yeah, you never know when yeah. things can change, though. Because actually, I spent like the past year being injured, and so oh, that's right. Yeah, because <laughs> well, we were going to do something with you with the Zwift, some of the videos, and I think you'd said that you're injured or yeah. So I've something been, I yeah, contacted you a while ago. Yeah, yeah, for twelve months. Yeah, uh, good times. Um, yeah, yeah, super fun. but yeah so I was kind of pleased with um Dubai and obviously it wasn't a 116.50 half marathon like Daniela pulled out which was absolutely amazing to see um when she ran past me I was like how is she doing that (laughs) it's 35 degrees (laughs) so hot Um, what 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 do you do you reckon you were actually thinking that at that particular time um are you just like what the fuck well, I kind of ran out of transition in front of her, so I was like, right. and then I ran for one or two K, I was ahead, and she, well, probably less than that, feels long in my head, um, but she <laughs> then, <laughs> she caught me, and I was like, okay, well, I'll give this a go, see what kind of pace it is, can't be too crazy, and I ran with her for two K, and then I felt my heart rate go so high, I was like, oh, <laughs> I should probably focus on finishing this race. <laughs> um, I, I like that you had a crack, though. Yeah, you got to give it a go. Um, That's unreal. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fine. And when I saw her after the turn around, I was like, "Oh, she got very far ahead very quickly, didn't she?" <laughs> that was <amazing. laughs> a question of making it back. But yeah, it was uh, it was really cool to to race actually and to have the opportunity to race, not just race like a casual race, but you know, race quality yeah. field. That's yeah, so yeah, definitely going up against uh, arguably one of the best in the business. Yeah, she's pretty nifty. I'll tell you that. She's all right. <laughs> she is all right. <laughs> um. So okay. So the competitive. So you strike me as welcome to the world of the inside of my brain, where there's so many things going on and so many questions I want to ask. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a circus but you you strike me as a pretty chilled lay back kind of person no yes uh, I'd say I'm quite my mum would probably disagree but <laughs> oh we'll get to that <laughs> but no I'd say I'm pretty chilled and like um when I'm when I got like a key session or something then I'm pretty damn focused but outside of that mm. I'm pretty yeah relaxed yeah so my question is, where do you think that comes from? That, you know, be able to to switch into, you know, get shit done mode? I'm not really sure. I think I've always been a bit like that. Like, um, mm. it's all fun and games until it comes down to it kind of thing. Like, I was the same right. in, in my academics. Like, I could party hard. And then when it came to exams, I was like, don't talk to me. And just, like, could stay in the yeah. library for hours on end without much of an issue. Yeah. And it was the same in school and everything. So 
Yeah. I just kind of know that, like, when it gets down to it, when it counts, you got to make it count. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's it's a fine balance, I guess. I've seen – I know some athletes, they can do it. They can be full focus all the time, and that's just not me. Um, completely right. in admiration of them because it's impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, for me personally, I've got to be able to have fun with it as well. Like, you do this day in, day out. And it's not just the training sessions, it's everything around it. And you got to, like, for me personally, um, you know, I do my, I spent a long time doing physio and rehab this year. And actually my brother had Mm. an operation last summer. So we were both doing physio rehab at the same time. And so we actually, like, it became quite almost enjoyable to just, like, chill, chat, listen to music and do very, very monotonous work. And get it done. Yeah, right. So yeah, like you, it's coping mechanism. Some people need to be full focus on the exercise, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I wouldn't have done it nearly as much had it been that way. So yeah, I think that's key. Um, after speaking to a lot of professional triathletes over time, is that there's no one set way of approaching things. It, oh, it's absolutely. all completely individual. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah everyone def- approaches it slightly differently. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, it's all to do with personality. What works for one athlete mm. won't work for another. And it's its why yeah. some people train completely alone, which I think is crazy. Um, and yep. I could never do. But then you train, you try and get them to do one session with you and you can see how much they're hating it. And you're like, okay, <laughs> we won't do this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then another person, you tell them to go run on their own and they just can't do it. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. But yeah, everyone's so different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so your parents though, do you, what, where does the competitive nature come from? Do you think mum or dad or both or grandparents? Um, a bit of both. Or your Australian uncle? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. he's Australian. <laughs> um, a bit of both. I'd say like, obviously my dad's mm. quite competitive. He's still racing mm. full Ironman at his tender age. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't listen to Wait, this. hang on a second. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 28 now. Oh, my God. I know. So close to 30. Oh, shut up. You're another one of these people who won't understand any of my references um, because I'm old. Well, I I have no idea. No, you're not, Steph. You you look amazing. You don't look old. (laughs) Too late. You balked for too long. I don't know. What to... uh, <laughs> well, you haven't said any references I haven't understood yet, so you can't be too far off my age. <laughs> yeah, tr- uh, yeah. Well, usually I go down the Seinfeld route, but do you, you probably won't know any. Oh, shit, no, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what Seinfeld is? Have you heard of Seinfeld? Oh my god! Oh my god! Do you not know what Seinfeld is? <laughs> what oh is my it? god! An American TV show. It's like oh, I didn't have biggest... TV when I was a kid. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. Okay. Saved. I'll, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'll give you that one. Okay. I definitely won't come up with any references. Holy shit. Most of my references are TV related. Okay. Moving on. Um, so dad obviously very competitive still um, at yeah. his tender age as you said which is but my mum's pretty competitive as well this is Ah. a scary thing so yes they had some hill hill repeats to do and um i was like mum you're doing them next to me on the bike and i was on running and she is getting a bit aggressive (laughs) i have to say oh mumsy (laughs) but yeah it's it's so yeah she often cycles next to me when i'm training and gives me that extra little push yeah it's cool so, yeah, yeah, I can never imagine my mum getting on a bike, let alone being aggressive on a bike. It's quite entertaining, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. So were they relatively happy when you said, you know, that university degree that I had, I'm just going to put that on hold and... The pursue... two degrees? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, oh, sorry. Yep. The, the two degrees no, that they, I worked they, so hard they've for. They've been so supportive and um, yeah. understanding. And I think, you know, they've believed in in me the whole way. Like, never mm. once they've been like, are you sure this is, like, really the right... I mean, I've been relatively lucky as well in the sense that I've had results back me up from pretty early stages. Yeah. Which gives you so much confidence straight away that, like, firstly, financially, you can 
do it and um yeah secondly that you're on the right trajectory as you said mm. and so yeah they've been supportive from all the way through obviously there have been ups and downs this past year has been a bit of a tough one um not mm. only with covid everything being in and everything being cancelled but then also being injured and you know just it's it's you can't really measure how much it affects you and you don't really realize how much it affects you until you start being able to run pain-free again and you're like Mm. oh my god that was like really affecting me that like I couldn't sleep properly I wasn't like eating well I was so stressed about it the whole time it's kind of crazy and Mm. I didn't even realize how bad it was that's so true you don't you don't know how bad it was until you actually start to feel yeah, better until you come it's, back out of it and you're like oh yeah. i've had a proper night's sleep finally oh i forgot what that was like yeah you're <laughs> a brand new person today it's crazy yeah but yeah yeah sleep's very important i've learned this sleep. a lot since having <laughs> are you a... oh actually no i can't ask actually i'll just ask it are you are you a napping kind of person um, on and off, like there'll be day, there'll be, I'll go for weeks without it. And then suddenly I'll have two in one day. So I kind of just go oh. by. Yeah. It's quite impressive, but <laughs> I just go by what my body tells me to do. I generally sleep quite long at night. Like I sleep a good eight, 10 hours. So gives me okay. through the day. But yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're living at home at the moment. Yeah. So mum and dad, do they do the cooking or do you do the cooking? My brother does the cooking, and my parents are separated. But my brother does the cooking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, if 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 I cook and the broccoli's overcooked or the pasta's overcooked, then I get into a lot of trouble, and it's kind of scary. So <laughs> I don't. Just don't bother. I just That's what don't fear. And what? So my husband's a chef, and I don't cook at all. Um, they're yeah. just never going to be satisfied, so why bother? Exactly, and I don't, I don't have a passion for being in the kitchen. So do you know? I what? do. You I do like it? eating a lot. Yeah, but you don't have to eat in the kitchen. You just oh yeah. Like I, I just don't want to cook. Oh no, I just sit on the couch and I've got peas. like all my go-to snacks require maximum one and a half minutes preparation. <laughs> What's your go-to meal if you have to fend for yourself? <laughs> Threaded jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad, but that's why I like have to top it up with like other supplements and stuff because I just eat pretty basic, plain, and then I'll be like, okay, I have my athletic greens and it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah. That little green gorilla on your t-shirt. What? What's that? Um, that's my sponsor, Hep. Oh, that's their, like, logo. Yeah, that's George. Um, Meet George. Oh, Um, hi, George. George of the Jungle. Boom. Do you know that reference? George, George, George George, of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. Look at that. Now try and guess my age. 26? (laughs) Good answer, right? (laughs) Correct. You are correct. These lines here and these lines here might uh, convince you otherwise, but that's okay. No. Um, hip. What? What's? What's hip? Solar. Solar stuff. Yeah, solar energy. Right. Um, so they got solar energy parks around the world, uh, providing energy, and yeah, there. Um, you can invest in them, which is what I was mentioning yeah. that I'm um, about to do. And then they build more parks and create more energy from natural sources. I like it. I'm going to check it out after this. And I hope everyone else will check it out too. I hope so too. <laughs> um, before I let you go, because we are at about an hour for this chat already, uh, I know it went really fast and you can't believe how much fun you've been having. I can't, but I do need to get into the pool soon, so I will have to go. It's very strict here. We got like very distinct slots. Yeah, it's kind of scary. So you have to like be there on time and then it's, and then they kick you out on the dot and you're like, oh, I didn't finish my cool down, but I guess I won't. That's the Swiss like precision. Oh yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. 
<laughs> we, let's speed this up. So my last question to you is, wh- where do you, where do you, ho- given the world's in a bit of a crazy place right now, but let's assume that things are going to get back to normal at some stage. Where, where do you hope to be in your triathlon career in the next couple of years? Oh, I've no idea. I hope to be. Um, I'm d- definitely want to give a f- the full distance a crack again soon. So I changed coaches last year mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and so like everything's changed quite a bit for me. Um, all my training is very different, and I would quite like to be able to give it a crack and see where I'm at. Um, obviously that's assuming that a race happens, and then um hopefully qualify for Kona and obviously also as a triathlete I want to be doing everything at once and improving my speed over 70.3 nice one are you moving (laughs) that phone around that's recording your audio no it was suddenly popped up that it was recording and I was like oh Oh. (laughs) I got a call so that's probably why okay um (laughs) Imo Simo thank you very much for joining me can't believe you didn't we got backup audio, so don't worry, everyone. <laughs> no matter what happens to this audio, you'll be able to hear me for an hour. <laughs> it, it, I'm a little bit nervous that it hasn't worked, but we'll figure it out. We got backup. Um, thank you. <laughs> Let me wrap this podcast up. Stop talking. Th- <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Wits Up podcast. Thank you Your turn. for having me. And have a good day, everyone. Peace out. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback, but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness. And we'll speak to you in the next episode.